Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast. Before we get started, we've got a voicemail from someone new. Hello, my name is Mr. Snrub, and I come from someplace far away. Yes, that will do. Anyway, I I just want to say that your score of Yeah, Yeah was low, low. I think you should go back and listen to the episode and the Excellent arguments put forth by that very bright-sounding young chap of an attorney, and give it a higher grade, perhaps up to a seven and a half or a seven point seven five even. Why not an eight? After all, that young man's daughter came home shortly after you discussed that song, and I know that through. For purely coincidental reasons, because my name is Snrub, and I hear that people like the way I think. Anyway, I have to get back to my business, which does not at all involve working in the legal field. Yes, that will work. Anyway, great to hear you as always, and reconsider your low, low score of yeah, yeah. Thanks for calling, Mr. Snrub, if that is your real name. Nope, sorry, I'm keeping my score where it's at, though I appreciate your enthusiasm and your pitch for me to raise it. Anyone can call us at 224-801-2930. Now on to the show. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm here with very good friend of the show, returning, returning, returning guest Dana Williamson to talk about a book song. Now we're going to talk about synopsis for latecomers off of, like I said, book. For everyone who only just arrived, a quick synopsis. If you came late and missed the commotion, and you wonder what was all that. Here's the recap. Sound of gathering and shuffling of notes. I assure you there's a very simple explanation. If you'd only be patient. Okay, you're asking how Dana. Hi. You haven't been sitting on the call for 18 minutes while I tried to soothe my crying three-year-old. No, it's okay. Not at all. This yeah. <laughs> car is a tennis on Thursdays. I mean, that's why I try to let this podcast uh, interrupt my life as little as possible, which is very hard to do. But I try, yeah. <laughs> I try to do these things when the girls are in bed and Car is busy with something else. And usually it works out pretty well. But I mean, hey, life happens. 
as much as you hear people say the terrible twos, it's the threes that get you. Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we have been talking and talking about what, how long it had been since you've been on. And it seems like Jeopardy. This might be Jeopardy, uh, which people can find. Um, Patreon people got a good cleaned up audio version of it. But anyone can watch it on YouTube on This Might Be a Podcast YouTube. I believe that was the last time you did a thing. Yeah. For this might be a podcast, and that was a pretty cool thing, huh? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Me when and, Danny uh, showed up, I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I know. I saw you, you and Avery were both just like, <gasps> like you barely made any sound. It was just kind of like a, just like a silent gasp, like hands over the mouth, like <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I think I, I guess I could go ahead and, and announce that at least we're in the preliminary phases of a second round of This Might Be Jeopardy. Me and Mike Ooh. Buffington have started talking about it. And there's a Google Doc being shared. Uh, John Ulis, who won the first round, he'll be moving on to like a champions thing whenever that happens. I figure we'll do like three regular ones or something and then do, you know, a four person champion round or something. Um, is Maya Biala coasting? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Mike Buffington, we had to give him the axe because of all that crazy shit he did. <laughs> all those things he said about theremins and all the, you know. <laughs> he got freaky with some theremins. Oh, Mike, he, he doesn't listen to the show regularly because it's just, there's too much of this chit chat here. He's like... I think he'd prefer if it was like every episode was like 15 minutes and it was just the facts. Yeah. just He's a very fact-based guy, but that's why he's perfect for Jeopardy. Yeah. Um, And he made a great host last time, and I'm so glad to be doing it again. Euless is on board as a question maker this time. Obviously, when he's in a championship round, he will not be involved with the questions, but for this (laughs) one, he will be. And I know so far, I know AC is going to be on. Awesome. I talk to her almost every day. Yeah. She's great. And Spencer, who definitely deserves to be on because it goes to Patreon people, uh, are the contestant pool. So those listening, if you want to get in, I think there's still room for one or two more people on this next round. You gots to be, you got to pay to compete. You got to pay to win. I don't know. It's just, you know, there's so many people on my spreadsheet. If I just opened it up to everybody... Right. I don't know what would happen. Everyone would end up either getting mad at me or each other fighting over the spots. <laughs> Got to narrow it down somehow. So yeah. Spencer and AC, at least I can't, I feel like mm, there's another one I've got written down somewhere, but that should be fun. Yeah. You, uh, you did pretty well. I lost, call. but I, I purposely, you know, bet it all at the end. I didn't. Oh yeah. I gotta go big. Yeah. I just was like, Oh, well, <laughs> Jacob uh, McLeod was the uh, the the sleeper there. He almost he almost took it, being like the complete opposite, just being like so safe. Like he he buzzed in so rarely, but when he did, he knew the answer. Like he did not take a chance, uh, and it almost paid off. I mean, he came in I think second, I believe. Uh, he was stealthy. Yeah, very stealthy. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, starting to plan out questions. Um, obviously, I will not say any of them on the air. Actually, I guess we're, we're planning out answers. 
right? Right, right, yeah. Right. So yeah. Like yeah. Jeopardy, yeah. whatever, you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So I don't know when that's going to air. Well, hopefully, I don't know if it'll happen before I go to Spain or not. Chances are it'll probably happen in uh, July. When are you when going I, to Spain? The end of May, May 28th to July 6th. Damn. Six weeks. Almost six weeks. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's a working vacation for Kara. She is right. um, taking Purdue students over. This was supposed to happen in 2020. This is just like the flood tour. Yeah. Our Spain, our Spain tour got postponed to 2021. Then again, till this year, and it's finally happening. Uh, taking the girls when it's awesome. Um, there fun. was only one, there was only one girl when it was originally planned. Now there's two. So we'll see how Ramona does on my lap for an international flight. <laughs> yeah. That should be some good times. Some but damn good times. Damn good times. But <laughs> my parents are flying with us to, to so we can be passing her around. But she's a good sleeper, so hopefully she'll conk out for some of it. But uh, yeah. it's eight hours from, the I think, Cleveland to Madrid is the big one. Yeah. Anywho, how are things in Terre Haute? Oh, just as... <laughs> Hoti as always. <laughs> we had um, yeah. the other. There's a uh, just down the street, not too far from my house. There's a really nice little uh, mall. And when I say mall, it's not like a big, huge, you know, shopping center. It's just like mm-hmm. a strip mall that's inside, and it's really nice. Kind of, you know, a little bit upscale for Terre Haute. Yeah. And uh, the jewelry store got robbed, and the owner shot at him. Ooh. Right in the middle wow. of everything. Wow. Across the street from a school. School got put on Dur- lockdown. That's the biggest, Oh, most during the day. De- during middle of yeah. the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Damn. that was exciting. But. Um, well, hey, um, I hear you've nothing. been, you're, you're teaching violin again. Yeah. I teach at the Terre Haute Music School. Very cool. Three days a week. It's really fun. The kids are great. Yeah. So what uh, what ages do you have? Um, usually they're beginners. I have yeah. a lot of nine year olds. For some reason, third grade is a good time for people to start. But uh, I also have some sixth graders. And um, do I have? A... Yeah, they're all third graders and sixth graders. Wow. Does uh, did the does the local uh, school district have a orchestra program? Mm-hmm. Okay, and they good. start usually in fifth grade, mm-hmm. but um, since the pandemic started, they've been starting them out in sixth grade, mm-hmm. which is fine anyway, because when I was teaching middle school, I had to start everybody over in sixth grade anyhow. So oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it works out. So yeah. And I do the, <laughs> uh, the Terre Haute Sinfonietta. Our season's almost over, which I'm sad about, but um, it's fun. Well, that's awesome, though. You got a lot, lot more violin going on in your life than your your uh, your Sherwin Williams days. Oh yeah, fuck that place, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a huge paint shortage right now too, and uh, but there's not a shortage in people who need paint. So right, yeah. Is um, Sherwin Williams laying off people because they? Because of that, or uh, no? I mean, they're making changes, but they're not laying off people. It's just, uh, uh. yeah, it's crazy. I was just watching John Oliver last night, the one from I guess last Sunday, um, talking about. I mean, you're always hearing people throw around this supply chain thing or whatever, and mm-hmm. most of the time they don't even really know what 
part of the chain they're right. talking about. You know, what is really the problem? Um, but about the shortage of uh, semi drivers, long haul truckers, um, because of how shitty they're paid. Yeah. Um, paid by the mile so that when they have to sit for like two hours to wait for unloading, they're not getting paid for those two hours. Yeah. Like, well, shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah, it's like they're, they're, it's like a, what is it, like a 300% turnover or something that, like that, meaning that to get one job filled, they're having to hire like three people because yeah. then like two of them will drop off. Yeah. I don't think my math's right on that one, but it was something like that. Um, <laughs> well, I know yeah. with, with paint, it's not just, it's not just Sherwin-Williams or anything, it's, it's everywhere with paint, but I know that one's at the manufacturing level. Uh-huh. Because a lot of it is made in Texas, and they had that hurricane. And then remember when they had mm. um, that power outage because oh, their yeah. power grid is all separate from everything, and it was a big fiasco. <laughs> uh, they couldn't they couldn't make paint, and that's still affecting wow, the supply can't catch chain. Up. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do remember that. Like all their <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they want us to secede still. No, no. Yeah, let's look. we're our own thing. Help! We need help. I thought you wanted to be your own thing. Texas is a weird place. I've enjoyed the times I've been there, but I've never been. I don't think it's I could okay. ever live. Yeah, I've played a couple of shows there. Um, been to Houston to the NASA the NASA Museum, which is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Seeing all the old school like control rooms and stuff for the NASA, like the yeah, the huge dials and all that shit, kinda of like Apollo eighteen type stuff, like from the video. Heck yeah. Pretty cool. Speaking of, you know, the band that this show is supposed to be about. Yeah, for sure. How are you liking book, like as oh, a whole? Man, I love it. If I get one of the songs stuck in my head and it ends, the next one on the album automatically just starts in my head because I've listened to it. So yeah. many damn times. So you're an album listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been very, very much digesting it. It's um, sometimes it's a little harder to do. I used to be very strict about like full album listens. Like I was just, I was one of those guys. Like if I got a new CD, I wouldn't even like put it in the player unless I knew I had that like 40 minutes or whatever to listen to the whole thing. Like I wanted the first listen to be completely uninterrupted. Now with two kids, nothing is interrupt right. uninterrupted. Uninter- yeah. So like, yeah, you know, I'm not. Every time I play it, I'm not getting through the whole thing. But I will say, Drown the Clown has gotten a lot of plays because that's Zinnia's favorite. Oh, I bet <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I'm like. Do you know what Drown means? She's like, no. no. Like, I think she thought that was the name of the clown. Drown oh, okay. The clown. I can see that. But also, I think just like the little keyboard lick is very kind of playful sounding. Yeah. And that's why it works so well as Carrie's uh, Mario Paint cover. You, did you hear that? Yeah. Mario just jumping across. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So synopsis just like kicking the whole thing off. Like I remember, oh. yeah, the first time I put the, you know, I got the book with the CD inside the cover of the book. Yeah. Me pop too. it in and i was just like i'm like whoa that's okay yeah like it was like a jarring start but i was like damn okay. yeah same thing happened to me i'm like they're not had, fucking around yeah i had the download but i purposely was like no i'm not gonna listen to this until i can put it in the stereo and listen to it through good speakers and yeah. 
Um, and that song came on and I was like, this is a freaking banger. <laughs> and then when he got to the, uh, uh, that's all the questions that time will permit. I was like, what? He did that. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, well, my face it, was just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, cause they're, I mean, they've always had great opening tracks, but I don't know if one's like smacked you in the face before like that. Cause even like, like dig my grave smacks you in the face, but it still has that very quiet before it fully <laughs> yeah. kicks in. Like if it just started, you know, then, then it might be, you know, a similar thing, but this is just like Marty's drums. And then like a beat later, Linnell's yelling at you. So it's like, yeah. it's just, right. There's no warning. There's no like little fade in or little quiet thing. It's just, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great <laughs> opener, and I don't know if I'll find this clip or not, but I did listen to like three of the podcasts that the guys were on promoting it, and I remember in one, Linnell was like, Flan suggested this as the opener, and Linnell's like, you sure? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> yeah, hell it's not yeah. like our typical, he's like, that's one of my weird ones, it doesn't really, but Flan's convinced him, so um I, I'm guessing that just like Flane says, we all know he has so much more uh, of a hand in like the aesthetics visually and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the business end of things. I'm guessing he probably does most of the work assembling like a track list and then it's probably just like, hey, John, what do you think? Does this look yeah. good? And then like me, I'll flip a couple things around. But uh, I think Flane's is probably picking those, which is funny because it's been discussed on other episodes that like 90% of the Mopey Giants albums start with a Linnell track. Huh. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you go back, I mean, Flood starts with a whole choral thing and all that, but Birdhouse right. is a Linnell, yeah. Linnell track. Um, get your snout out of my crotch dog. Um, <laughs> crotch dog. Crotch dog. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so you got everything right is wrong again, Linnell, right? Um, Lincoln, you got Anna Ng, Linnell. Yeah. Uh, Flood, Linnell. Uh, Apollo 18 is the one where you get uh, some where you get a flames opener. So that is one of the ones that's a flames opener. Um, then John Henry, subliminal, Linnell. Factory showroom, that's the other one. You get SEXXY. Yeah, some, I was just uh, thinking that one. Yeah. But then, like, Mink Car, Bangs, Spying, Experimental Film, um, uh, both Linnell. Uh, the Else, I'm Impressed, Linnell. Mm hmm. Join Us, Can't Keep Johnny Down, Linnell. Nanobots, uh, um, You're on Fire, Linnell. <clears throat> yeah. Glean, uh, the, the, I can't remember either. Glean. Want me to look? I'm looking right now. Uh, Erase, (laughs) Linnell. Okay, yeah. Um, Phone Power. I'm skipping the kids' albums here. You know, it's funny because I was looking at the the set list, which I tell the kids all about how you make a set list when we do the first grade program. Out of the nine tracks, seven are Flan songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or six are Flan songs, but yeah. He writes, his kid songs are a lot more doable for actual children to sing. Yeah. Where Linnell's are usually weirder and wordier. 
Yeah, yeah it's hard to sing violin. <laughs> yeah, that would be a fun one. I've actually never really thought about uh, <laughs> that one. Um, Apophenia is the Linnell one, right? That's yeah. foam power. Uh, I like fun. Opens with Linnell. Um, when the lights come on. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry. Let's get this over. Let's right? get. Yeah, let's get this over. Um, I don't know. Do we count my murdered remains? Maybe. E- either way, it's uh, communist. Well, yeah. Uh, what about escape? Yeah, and it team? does count. If you're if you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. And then escape team, Jackie the Clippers, Linnell. So yeah, there are two of the adult elms that start with Flans. Wow. Is that crazy? That is crazy. So if it's Flans making the set list, is he just like giving it away? Linnell's got the pop chops because typically they start with a poppy one. This would be an exception. Not that it's not catchy, but it's not like a pop power pop thing. I don't know. Or is Flans just like, is he one of those guys that's like, like how in Gigantic, he he heaps all this praise onto Linnell, like they said, like he said, I don't remember, I'm paraphrasing that, like, it was almost like, not like a competition, but like, they had to like, one-up each other, and they keep writing songs, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they keep each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if, if he thinks less of his own songs, which would be Well, I sad. sure hope not. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason for that shit. Because <laughs> there's plenty of albums I can think of where there would be a flan song that like I think, like we've already mentioned, damn good times. That could have started the spine. That would have been a cool mm-hmm. setup for an album. You ready for some damn good times, right? And it's poppy as hell. Yeah. It's got the backup vocals and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so here we've got another Linnell opener with synopsis. Um, but yeah, it's different than you know. It's not a birdhouse. It's not an experimental right. film. It is an in-your-face Linnell song. Do you want to talk about lyrical or musical elements first? What should we hone in on first? Oh, shoot. I, I'm fine either way. Um, lyrically. Well, we're even talking about those drums and shit. You want to talk about music yeah, first? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Marty. How about that Marty Beller? Man, love that guy. <laughs> that drum beat, though. It's, uh, it's so it's- fun. And yeah. he gets to show off a little bit more. I'm always looking for him to show off more. Because he's a very musical drummer and he plays to what the song requires. Right, yeah. But like you think about yeah. you think about someone like, you know, we're we're both hit by the, you know, Taylor Hawkins passing oh, suddenly yeah. and tragically. And you think about him like he's a showy drummer. I don't I wouldn't yeah. ever say that he overplays. But he hits hard. He does a lot of fills. He's not afraid of the crash cymbals. Where, He's very like, athletic about it. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> I mean, Marty's very athletic too, but he's right, he's a very but, tasteful mm-hmm. drummer. That's exactly, yeah. Um, but I'm always looking for like some bigger fills from him, stuff like that. Because I was thinking about it with Book, like just doing I Broke My Own Rule episode. Like there's some really cool hi hat stuff he does in there, and I'm like, oh, I wish he get a little more showy, like like he does in there, like this syncopated hi hat stuff he does in there. And this one is one where he really gets to show off, and especially being that it's drums and vocals only mm-hmm. for the yeah. first like four measures, maybe more than that. Very cool. Um, and six six eight starting uh starting an album with a six eight track. My favorite meter. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those where I think 
it's one of these songs where I think a lot of people wouldn't realize it's in six eight because it's one of those six eight songs that like if someone's conducting it, they conduct it in two because right, it's so yeah, fast. Sure. Right. One, two, one, two. But they'd be like, no, it's just in four four. One, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah but you gotta subdivide it there. Yeah, and the rhythmic motion of the guitar is that doesn't sound like six eight to me. Because it's just like all these stabs. Yeah. Dun, and, dun, dun. Yeah. It's never really doing like all the eighths. Uh-huh. Very rarely. Linnell's the one taking Really, like once the, once the guitar solo comes in and it kind of fills in like, they're, they're probably doing it, but it's also fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely feels like it's, you know, just like in two or something, but Marty is definitely feeling it in six, eight. And it's very cool, just like the, the drumming uh from a drummer's perspective like if you really listen in especially on headphones all of like um i don't know how familiar you are with drummer terminology but do you know the term ghost notes yeah yeah so like where you're hitting the snare softly for just some extra rhythmic subdivision without it being like Mm -hmm. a huge snare hit just a little soft snare hits and he's doing that like he's basically right lefting the eighth notes for the entire song it's just some of the left yeah. hand snares are the you know the backbeat and others are just kind of in between because it's just like the whole time just between the floor time and the snare like he's working hard yeah and it's awesome awesome to the max <laughs> to the max wicked awesome yeah awesome <laughs> we're re-watching futurama so i'm just thinking about the oh, yeah. the 80s the eight i'm a go-go 80s businessman <laughs> it's like awesome awesome to the max <laughs> oh my god i'm excited for the reboot Oh, I know. I'm so glad they got DiMaggio on. Yeah, me too. Good for him for holding out, though. It made everyone yeah, nervous. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and I don't think people realize voice actors, their job is harder than you think. Yeah. They spend mm-hmm. a lot of time using a voice that isn't theirs, and that hurts after a while, and they do it for hours. And Yeah. yeah. Some people just don't want to do that unless they're getting paid the big bucks, and that's... Have you heard DiMaggio like, speak normally because i don't think i have i don't i don't think so i'm not i don't think i have because i'm wondering how far off bender's voice is from his voice because jake on adventure time sounds quite a bit like bender um you don't realize it unless you really like oh right that's the same guy so i'm just wondering if that his voice is kind of like that and he just exaggerates his is what i'm thinking but uh, Billy West, who does Fry, like he's done a million voices. That dude is like, I mean, he's like prime Looney Tunes era style, like voice yeah. acting guy. Like he could do everything, kind of like a Dan Castellaneta type, or yeah, you know, can do a million voices. Troy Baker, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the Mel LeBlanc? Was he one of the voice guys in those early Looney Tunes ones? Yeah. He was like one of those guys that did, like, I'll just do every voice myself. Bugs Bunny. Did he do Elmer Fudd? Creating all those classic voices? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you'd never guess that they were the same person. Um, any, anyway, but I, yeah. I clicked over to the guitar tab, and the person who tabbed it out does not credit themselves, but they they say right at the beginning, they count it in 12-8, which is interesting, because I, I just find that would get you lost quicker. But I guess 
maybe it's because of how spaced out the chords are or something, but um, I would still, I was just going six. Hmm. I mean, two bars of six rather than 12. It seemed too hard to. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 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 twelve. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess um, the vocal, the vocal phrases. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what they were listening to, because that would make sense. But yeah, to play music, the music wise, it'd be way easier to think of it in, yeah. in six. Right. I mean, it takes two measures for him to say for everyone who only yeah. just arrived. But it doesn't mean you have to count it as, in, as 12. But then they say B section felt more in six. But I mean, really, that's the same. I mean, like I said, since it's so fast, the whole thing basically would be conducted in two. Yeah. With with the subdivision is, yeah, six eight, yeah. It's it's a really interesting opener. It's a damn banger, is what it is. Yeah, it's so good, but it's not like the typical Linnell banger. Like you think of him locking into like his pop ones. Like they very easily could have started it off with like. I Broke Man Rule or mm-hmm. I Can't Remember the Dream. Like, those are both opener quality. Like, I mean, I think the uh, the reverse reverb on I Broke My Own Rule would be a cool start to the album, right? <laughs> Everything's re- oh, right. Oh, man, yeah. That song invaded my brain when they first put it out because that one was yeah. on. We heard that one way before the album came out. Mm-hmm. And I, it was earwormed so bad and I was thinking about the way that I don't know, something about the syncopation, the way it lines up. It feels like it's in mixed meter, but I don't really think it is. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks, well, uh, well, the, the episode, <laughs> the episode just came out, so you can hear us go all, okay. all about it. But I mean, Good. basically, yeah, I talk about how the, depending on the phrase and I do a cover of it, which I think you like, which helped me figure out that like some, a lot of the time the vocals are going in a triplet against the, they're going in like a quarter note triplet against the rhythm section. But then other times mm-hmm. it's doing like a dotted quarter, dotted quarter, eighth note that kind of what I call the high school triplets, right? It depends on like the syllables kind of, and the way he accents right. it is that a lot of the time it sounds real steady triplet against it. And other times there's a little more of hiccups to it, but um, we talk all about it. And yeah, the cover, I did a techno cover of it. <laughs> I heard that. You did hear it. Okay. I can't yeah. remember if I sent that to you or not. Yeah. yeah I liked so, it. <laughs> so it's finally premiering to the world. Uh, just checking if the episode went up yet. I think it should have. Oh, no, it hasn't posted yet. It always takes a minute. But synopsis, like, yeah, there's so many great Linnell ones right off the top. I mean, this, I wouldn't say the album is front loaded, but it starts off just fucking crazy, like synopsis into. Flans on Moonbeam, and yeah. then I Broke Brian Rule, and then Brontosaurus. It's like... Oh, Brontosaurus. Yeah. They really like, killed it on this album. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, the, it doesn't yeah. cool down till um, it snowed in the fifth track. Um, not that it's a bad song, but, like, it finally is like, okay, can breathe after, like, just four incredibly poppy songs right in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, synopsis before book came out, um, they had a press release out in August and Linnell said, um, some of book songs are humor, humorously germane to the catastrophe going on around us, which is such a Linnell quote. (laughs) It's humorously germane to the catastrophe going on around us. Uh, synopsis concerns itself with someone who's warning people not to panic. So that sums it up pretty well. Uh, yeah. 
lyrically, but uh, musical things. You had mentioned um, the solo at the end fooling you at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, why didn't they call me for electric violin, those bitches? <laughs> and then I realized it was guitar. Yeah, so. it's through a really... <laughs> Really fizzy. Yeah, it sounds like trebly pedal. Yeah, very just. What, what like I'm thinking? A, yeah, what's that? Um, it sounds like a um, uh, an electric violin that doesn't have a very powerful pickup that they've had to really crank up. Yeah, and <laughs> that I'm I'm thinking like there's a trick that uh, my old band used in. Uh, when we were at one of our studios, we recorded that. They had a lot of cool different amps and stuff that we were all fucking with. And I'm sure Miller Miller and Flans both seem like pretty uh, gearhead kind of guys. Yeah. Where uh, the Hives use this trick a lot, too, is you put a very expensive microphone up to a very tiny amplifier. <laughs> like, we actually recorded one. Uh, my old band, Blue Bottle, our, uh, Mike recorded a solo out of... It was a cigarette box that had been made into an amp. So the speaker was literally like three inch diameter and just all this, all the circuitry for it fit into a, a cigarette box and it plugged into it. And it's just like, this, like just the, the, the thinnest noise and you just like crank it to where it just feels like it's just going to explode. And yeah. the tone you get out of it is just like the, just like a knife like yeah you know. i can imagine <laughs> and so that's what that sound that sounded like to me i mean i remember when i first heard it i'm like damn like again miller is someone i think who gets to show off live a lot with little extra bits mm-hmm. that they do yeah but he doesn't like shred very often and he's no. shredding on this one but and he's so good though oh yeah yeah like i and he reminds me um his playing reminds me of being a kid in the mid 90s for whatever mm. reason, that's alternative what his, rock kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's what yeah. his playing feels like to me, and mm-hmm. uh, oh, I just love him. I hope I get to meet these guys someday because. It, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you saw my post on Miscellaneous Tea, but uh, I did. <laughs> I I was gonna go see them in St. Louis, and the rescheduled date is not that good for me, and Aww. the the Chicago date would have been awesome. It's like my we have like a four day weekend, like a fall break. Oh yeah. And I'm like, shit. I'm like back when the show was in 2020, I think I'd mentioned before that like Danny was going to get me on the guest list because I had missed the tickets had sold out so fast. Yeah. And I asked Danny, I'm like, is there anything? He's like, Oh yeah, I'll put you on the guest list. And oh, then it got pushed. that's the tits. It's got pushed. Well, then when it got pushed to 2021, I'm like, well, I don't want to be like an asshole and be like, hey, am I still on the guest yeah, list a year later? You. So I'm like, I'll just buy the St. Louis tickets. So I actually bought the St. Louis tickets last year, not two years ago. And then this year rolls around and they do it to the spring and then they push to the fall. And I'm like, ah, damn it. And and I'm like, it's a Sunday. I'd have to take off school and car wouldn't right. be able to come because of babysitter type stuff. Like leaving them overnight would be tough. Parents are out of time for something. It's like a whole, it was a whole mess. And I'm like, Danny, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, feel free to say no, but if you can get me on the guest list, I will give these tickets away to a needy fan who couldn't afford it otherwise. And he said, oh yeah, just remind me day ahead of time you're on. That is the tip. Yes. I'm on the list <laughs> with, with a 
car in uh, for Chicago, and I find a gal, a uh, young college-age gal, who's going to take her boyfriend who couldn't afford to have gone. That's awesome. So she's, she just lives an hour outside of St. Louis, so I, I paid it forward. Danny was awesome, so... I I'm, yeah. you know, I was paying to go to it anyway, and I'll just give them away. Um, so, yeah, Jaya, her name's Jaya. She's going to be, I, I told her she she should be on the show the week after we both go see them in Chicago and then St. Yeah. Louis. She's going to come on that episode and tell me about it because uh, she has not seen them before, so that's special. Ooh, I'm excited for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we mentioned the guitars are awesome. It sounds like both the guys are playing through very, you know, fuzzed p- fuzz pedals with the treble all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because it's probably the most a They Might Be Giant song has done a Jesus and Mary Chain guitar tone. Because they're yeah. like, the, I mean, I've mentioned them. I mentioned I haven't mentioned them a ton on the show because there's not a whole lot of parallels between the two bands besides them both being in my top three oh. favorite bands. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I've heard them. Oh my god! Um, well, the one song you may have heard is "Just Like Honey." Oh, it was pretty okay. prominently featured in Lost in Translation. It's been some other race, but yeah, they're they famously use this vintage Japanese pedal that called a Shin E, and it's a wah fuzz combination. So Ooh. basically, just the wah all the way forward. With the fuzz right. on, so it's I can ima- yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Just like the real white noise kind of hiss, and this is the, the closest thing I can think of in the My Giants catalog that has that obnoxious guitar tone that I love. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it is obnoxious, but in a good way. It's so it, good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, playing this the first time, I'm like shit, this is something completely new. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's got. I mean, it's got the horns on it, which. Um, they they tuck in real good with the guitar mm-hmm. to where the, they don't they don't get to show off in this one, but they thicken up where the guitars are like so trebly. They help kind of thicken it up in right. the mid and, and lower range. With they um, give it that uh, marching band kind of vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with what Marty's playing, the yeah, kind of sound like a drum line going on. Yeah, like you got the quad toms and the snares all going. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I never thought about it like that. Uh, but yeah, you got the Triceratops horns. You got uh, Kurt Ram, uh, Dan the Machine, Levine, and Stan Harrison. Two of the three I've talked to. Kurt Ram, I don't know. I think he's too much of an introvert. Stan said he would reach out to him and, and let me know. Oh, uh, really? And let me know if you want. But since I haven't gotten anything from Kurt, I'm thinking he's not interested. I don't know. I think I'm going to reach out to Stan and stan and dan (laughs) and see if they want to see if they want to come on together for one of the uh book tracks that they played on i had already mentioned that to dan but maybe if the two of them on came on together they could get kurt to come on just as you know the full triceratops episode so that might be cool yeah not sure which other one they all three play on because i think brontosaurus is missing one of them I don't know. There were a couple that had like low brass, but not the trumpet, and some the other way around. Anyway, I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll, those those guys out. are awesome. Those guys yeah. are awesome. And, and if show. I could talk to Kurt someday, that'd be cool. But I did talk to Mark Pender. I think I need to round up. Um, wow. Yeah. Jim Connor, Jim Connor, Jim O'Connor, Jim Connor. The guy he appears in Doctor Worm, even though that's Mark. That Mark Pender is playing that part. But Jim yeah. Connor is the one who was in the video. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
And I haven't talked to him. He's the guy they tapped more in the early aughts and the late 90s before they knew Kurt. Um, and then Pender was kind of in between. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I love all these periphery guys kind of, you know, like yeah. if I, until I can get the Johns on, I'm going to talk to everyone that's been within <laughs> arm's reach of the Johns. <laughs> what, which, uh, wasn't Pender on one of the late night? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I knew him from Conan way before. Conan, okay. Yeah, he, um, you should look up the YouTube clip of him playing, um, Conan would do a bit, which was apparently part of the pre-show, but it did get, it, it got on YouTube where, and apparently they did this every night, Mark said, where he, he would make Pender, uh, show off his, um, his circular breathing by playing a note oh. for like a full minute straight and it's incredible like cause, yeah because my introduction to him was like when like the crane shot comes in at the end of the intro and he's just like <laughs> you're like yeah that's the guy that did the end of dr worm that makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> yep that's the guy <laughs> he's he's hilarious too like he did some songs where he he actually sang some com- comedic songs on Conan and I played one on that episode where he like goes into the crowd and like sings in people's faces and stuff about whatever. There was this whole bit. He's a great guy, but yeah, I haven't talked to Kurt. So he might I want to get all these guys. With, uh, with the boss. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he plays with a lot of people. I don't yeah. know too much about his career outside of the Johns, but he's definitely pretty sure he's a full time trumpet player. I'm sure he's all over people's oh, albums yeah, I mean, that we don't know about. Um, yeah. but I'm not sure. Maybe I'll click over to his MySpace here. Now, the, the wiki has a link to his MySpace. That's awesome. Re- re- recover from the Wayback Machine. <laughs> um, anything else about the music before we talk about the lyrics? Not that we can't hop back over something. I mean, like yeah, um, I, I just, I love all the uh, the rhythms, the, the quarter note triplet rhythms uh, and that cadence and that part I already mentioned, that's all the questions of time will permit. Uh, my husband calls that the Hamilton section because it sounds okay. like He's something rapping. Lynn Mar- Miranda would come up with. And uh, Sure, yeah. And uh, it's, you know, I walk around the house singing that part all the time and the do- those damned doodly-doos. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I, I disliked them at first. The first few times really? I heard it. Oh. Yeah, because it took me a while to accept it as like something... Well, because, you know, none of us fans like people throwing around the word quirky or silly or their comedy band or whatever. And when I first heard that, I'm like, man, you're, people are going to say that about this track. It's so <laughs> silly. But, but then, I think that's the point. What? Well, yeah. So what won me over was when I started thinking more about the lyrics being about someone trying to and failing to sue the crowd, like, you know, something like in that quote, like. Someone trying to describe, you know, everyone's in a panic and they're trying to explain everything yeah, and not doing a good job. They're like, oh, that's all the time we have for today. And right. almost like they're sticking their fingers in the ears and well, going, la, yeah. la, la. They're just like, doodly, 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 do. It's a kind Trump of like, press conference is what it yeah, is. It's like, yeah, like it's the sound that would come out of some idiot's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I think he's playing the character. One of those COVID press conferences that went completely off the rails. Sorry to say it. So it looks like Kurt's got a solo album called Rogue Island. Ooh. And there's a very... Okay, just look look at this picture on his website. 
<laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the trumpet bone on there. Yeah, he's playing. He's got a trumpet in his right hand. He's he's holding a valve trombone in his left hand. And then there's a slide trombone resting against the the wall <laughs> with the ocean in the background. And he's almost got like a karate kid thing going on with like a headband <laughs> there. <laughs> Seems like a really fun guy. I really want to talk to him. Yeah, so, for we'll sure. See. Someday. Uh, yeah, so the doodly doos, yeah, for like three plays through, I'm like, man, like it was kind of like tanking the song for me. I'm like, <gasps> like then the guitar solo would save it at the end. But then once I really thought about what the lyrics were about, I'm like, yeah, okay, he's this he's singing it from the character, this character yeah. that has just given this press conference and is just walking away like doodly doodly do. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I like uh, it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's genius. Absolute genius. As far as the lyrics go, what is your favorite part of the catastrophe going on in this song? Oh geez. Um well the the one that really gets me like every time is who ate the babies of course of course of and course. i didn't notice that part of it my first you know couple listens because i don't focus on lyrics right away i mm-hmm. hear the music first and then i mm. you know pick at the lyrics later and when i heard that i was like did he really just is that really <laughs> what he said he went there and uh that was my favorite part <laughs> it's gotta be a modest proposal reference which is a book that i've never read but i know about because of how ridiculous it is it's some sort of like yeah, like dystopian future where like they're harvesting babies basically for meats. It's like Ooh, it's, like a soil yeah. green thing. Yeah, basically. Like I'm Gross. probably getting it all wrong, but I first learned about it because it was referenced in uh, C Lab 2021. Oh, which I yeah, love. I haven't thought about where, that in a long time. Oh my god, one of my bands is named after a reference to it, <laughs> <laughs> Doppelpopolis. That's so cool. Yeah, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Debbie, the woman on the crew there, comes in and the and another character is uh, reading a book, and she goes, um, uh, "What are you reading? A book? What is the book about? Eating babies? <laughs> Forget about Hesh. Okay. I've got something for you. What is it? A book. What's the book? A modest proposal. By whom? Jonathan Swift. And what is the book about? Eating babies. Now what in the hell is that supposed to mean? Like veal. Only babies. What? And I'm talking real baby back ribs. See, it all comes down to the fact that you all have far more fast twitch muscle fiber. Stormy Waters, I have heard some dumb theories in my time, but this is without a doubt the foulest thing I have ever heard. Ribs dripping with sauce. That's disgusting. Falling off the bone. You sick bastard. Just trying to help out a single mom. Real baby back ribs dripping with sauce. Oh, nasty. (laughs) So as soon as I heard it in this song, I just immediately thought of that. And then it's got to be a reference to a modest proposal. So like, you know, these dudes, they they read books. They know things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think it was ever made into a movie. I don't think so. 
Uh, I hope not. I don't want to watch it. That would be something. Well, uh, yeah, a horror movie. I don't know. Yeah. Dystopian movies are all the rage. It'd be kind of surprised if somebody yeah, didn't well, make I mean, a movie finally. <laughs> Anti-heroes and dystopian movies. I mean, we just want things to be like real life, apparently. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is barely fiction. We have enough <laughs> evil people like this. <laughs> yeah. You want to root for them. <laughs> I like a good anti-hero, but yeah, that really became a trend after like Breaking Bad and Mad Men. Like, these shitty guys, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> these shitty men can get away with anything. Like cool. Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Like, it just kept kind of going on from there. Yeah. To where, like, there were no true heroes. It's like every hero had to have some horrible flaw. Yeah, they all sucked. And they're all assholes, yeah, but you loved them. Yep. They were, they were written that way. Cyberpunk's the same way. Nobody's the good guy. You can root for everybody, but... Did that game ever... I know you were... Yeah, you were always talking about that game. Oh. Didn't it come out with, like, a bunch of hitches and stuff? Did oh, they ever yeah. Fix, it like, wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. And yeah. uh, it took about a year, but it's 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 my favorite thing, like, in the entire world wow. right now. Hmm. Uh, I've written a fan fiction novel. I'm in the middle, oh, yeah. of, <laughs> I'm in the middle of another one. Like, I, it's, wow. it's really good. I've played through it, like, seven times, and it's Jeez. a long-ass game. Um, but if I find something that captures my attention, I have to stick w- with it. I get fixated on it. What system are you playing it on? Uh, PS5. Yeah, PS5. Got yourself one. Newest thing yeah, I have a P- is a PS3, and that's only because I got it for free from my dad. Awesome. <laughs> he bought it for like the movement things and all that, and then he oh. stopped using it. Aww. So I got so I got it and finally played through and beat Grand Theft Auto Five. Like nice. Six years after everyone else. <laughs> awesome. Have you played The Last of Us? No. Yeah, do that one. I got do Red Dead one. Redemption too, and I haven't made it too far into that one. Yeah, Cl- those are classics as far as most people are concerned. Like, hey, I got a new video game from 2013. <laughs> <laughs> They're really still milking that. Like, the Grand Theft. Like, will there ever be Grand Theft Auto Six? Are they just going to keep doing these online the, things? Or the reboots of like. the the remasters that don't go very well? That's what oh, I yeah, heard. I, I heard don't. I don't play that one. I haven't played it since Vice City. I remember people posting pictures on Twitter or whatever. Like, look at what this character turned into. And it's like, wow, it's like some really <laughs> weird looking monstrosity. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of anti heroes, I don't know if you'd call the guy in this uh, the story any sort of a hero. No. He th- maybe he thinks he's right. That's the it. hero who's. Yeah. He has Dunning Kruger sm- or something. Yeah, he, he's he's attempting to smooth every smooth everything over, but no one is buying it um yeah i mean just to go through it so who ate the babies was perfect for you know i had when book came out ramona was five months old right so it's just like who ate the babies (laughs) (laughs) she still loves nothing more than just like you just like burrow into her tummy and and she thinks it's hilarious every time and does this very squeaky laugh (laughs) (laughs) awesome it's like like if you're just like you're pinching a balloon close and just quickly letting out little bits of air Um, (laughs) the 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 first line is such a good first line for an album for everyone who only just arrived which is everybody for you starting the album yeah is everybody right yeah 
Um, <laughs> but if you if you listen to it all the way through and then it repeats, mm-hmm. it's like whoa! You stop for a minute because it's like oh shoot! It's almost like he's recapping it, but it came at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the whole yeah. thing is genius. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, there's just so many perfectly phrased Linnell bits. Um, and just like it's so easy to picture this scene. Yeah. Um, came late and missed the commotion, the sound of gathering and shuffling of notes, um, telling everyone to be patient. Right. And then goes into the whole long line of things. So I, I think like I missed a lot of them the first few times around because yeah. it goes so quick. There's loud guitars and drums. And a lot of the melody is kind of low. Mm-hmm. Um, like especially when it gets into the the Hamilton part, as you right. call it, like right, he's singing pretty low, so you, you got to really focus in. But uh, okay, you're asking how. <laughs> so container ships were found abandoned in the desert sands, covered in snakes. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you can. I mean, and Linnell does this a lot. His his the way he puts his words together, you can see the pictures. Yeah. of what he's saying in your mind. Yeah. And with Flans's music, I, I feel what he says. But with Linnell's music, I see what he says. And yeah. I mean, you, you see that. And then the taping the uh, ransom note to the equestrian monument. Like, <laughs> you know exactly yeah, what he's well, talking about. You can see right. it. It's like, yeah, there's a dude on well, a horse, <laughs> piece of paper flopping in the wind, you know. But back to the container ship. I was, oh, yeah. I was, okay, the, what I thought that he maybe was inspired by. Um, f- to write that line was the ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal, oh. which is a which is in Egypt. Yeah, right. It's in Egypt, so the desert. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's green area around. You know, there's water there, right. but it's yeah, it's essentially sure. Egypt is is all desert, and there's a container ship found. So it's almost like he like. <laughs> Get this thing out of the fucking canal, and they just like shove it into the desert. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we solved that problem, right? Just <laughs> right, covered in snakes. Yeah. So, who composed the ransom note? Yeah, taped it to the face of an equestrian monument. Ransom he note must for have just what? had so much fun coming up with yeah. these. Like, what's the most ridiculous mm-hmm. thing that could be happening right now? To have a press conference about. <laughs> yeah. And all these things are happening at once. Is this right. all one? This is all one press conference. He's like, listen, I'm going to get to all this stuff. Yeah, we'll get to the babies being eaten, yeah. right? Yeah. But first, the, con- note, the, but, yeah. first the container ship, right? <laughs> right. There's this supply chain issue. because this container ship's in the desert. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the ransom note. Like, who's yeah? What's what's the ransom for? Yeah. Has someone been kidnapped? Is that the babies? Right, we're gonna eat your babies. The ransom note is talking about eating babies. Uh, and are, the are there people monument. in those container ships? Or is it a human trafficking situation? Is it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, all these things just bring to mind modern events. Not that Linnell is referring to them, but, but perhaps being inspired by. Um, all of the removal of these Confederate statues. That's yeah. what I thought of when That's I heard I equestrian of. monument, right? Some Confederate general on a horse. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, just like all the, the phrases here, like I'm not putting them into some sort of interpretation just loosely. I'm thinking like maybe, yeah, maybe the container ship thing is reading the news about the boat that was stuck and the equestrian monument, all these monuments coming down. Um, but yeah, you put it all together and it's just like, what the fuck is happening in this world he's created? It's <laughs> <laughs> ludicrous. The plaintive moaning emanating oh. from the forest every evening. Ooh. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> woo. That, Ooh. yeah. The plaintive moaning. <laughs> is that the person that's been kidnapped? Is that what the ransom note is for? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Maybe we should go see what's in there. No, it's too scary. Yeah, that the is too scary. The moaning is too scary. <laughs> and then so he tries to placate them. He's like, we're taking all conceivable protective means to secure this area. Right? We've secured the area. Yeah. What area, though? The desert or the, where the monument is or the forest? There's lots of environments going right. on here. Or the area that the, the narrator is in. Right, yeah. There's so much shit going wrong. We're just gonna wall ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna get into our little bunker. And- right, yeah. We got bomb shelter going on. <laughs> then the snakes can't get us. And the baby eaters. Maybe the baby eaters are the snakes. <laughs> the container ship was full of babies oh, and God. monuments, <laughs> and the snakes are eating the babies. <laughs> they didn't have anything else to eat. The snakes wrote the ransom note. So if you don't give us, I don't know a lot of dead mice to eat then we're gonna eat these babies <laughs> come on this whole situation Linnell started the babies are being eaten yeah I didn't I didn't start that right no we can't accept responsibility for that no oh and then there's the volcano that one I really didn't oh. pick up on that one right away the worrisome the worrisome volcano that emerged beneath us overnight just overnight like they would i mean like there wouldn't have been seismic activity and they were only worried but they're it's, not it's you know worrisome yeah nobody panic <laughs> there's just hot lava right beneath our feet at the moment is just Could exploding you... but you know <laughs> just worrisome <laughs> who cares i would invest in some steel toed shoes <laughs> might be getting a little hot there on the ground and <laughs> And then we get to the wonderful, like, in this song, I don't even know what you'd call the chorus, because the only thing that gets repeated is, that's all the questions that time will yeah. permit. I'm afraid we'll have to leave it right there. Be assured there's nothing more that can be done. And then he repeats that. The song is just like one long thing. Yeah. Which is cool, but it makes it harder to learn the words. It took a little yeah. longer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like a diatribe. Yeah. <laughs> it really is yeah I, i'm wondering how much he wrote like stream of consciousness and then just kind of reworked it to be a little more eloquent or bizarre yeah because it's it seems like he like Linnell could have just had a piece of paper and be like what fucked up things are happening here and just like started scribbling and came up with like a ton of shit like money for dope style just had like a huge list <laughs> of crazy things <laughs> and then picked his favorite because <laughs> it is almost just like a list of of yeah, of nutty shit. Maybe this they should happening. update it yeah. every few years or so with you know, inspirations <laughs> of all the crazy shit that's going on. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the doodly doodly doos, 
Money for dope. (laughs) (laughs) Check. (laughs) And I'm just realizing how much the end is kind of a Dr. Worm ending with how long that woe goes. Yeah. It's like the final worm on Dr. Worm. But instead of a trumpet solo ripping through the long vocal note, it's a guitar solo ripping through that long note. Very similar kind of ending effect, which... It's an amazing way to end a song. Yeah. A super long note demonstrate that that vocal stamina <laughs> with a shredding solo over top of it. Solid, solid song. And all of that is happening in two, what is it, two minutes and, well, let's get it right here. Let's take two a Two minutes and short, yes. Two minutes and 25 seconds. Yep. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> too short. It could go on. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he had many more if if the if <laughs> if it's like I'm imagining it with a notepad just full of yeah things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was too much of a synopsis. I want the whole thing. You're summing it up too much. Like, let's get all of it. Let's get all the juicy, juicy details of those juicy babies. Oh, they're just so plump and perfectly marbled. <laughs> Sick, sick man. What else started it? (laughs) (laughs) I did. It's all his damn fault. So we had briefly thrown around the idea of possibly covering this one, but it didn't happen. But have you looked at the chord chart here? I. It's it's a tough one. Yeah. The way it. Let me see. I'll pull it up too, so I can refresh my memory. There's a lot of chords. And they move quickly. They kind of start and stop, and then there's the dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. All over. Goodness I mean, it, it's definitely probably like a... Uh, it's like an all-bar chord kind of situation. I don't yeah, see any other way sure. you could play it. I mean, I'd probably start out learning it with just power chords just to jump around that fast. Yeah, for real. And, uh, you know, it's hard to remember the order when they're moving the way they are. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And also, like, just the way they line up with the lyrics is weird. Like, looking at yeah. them on the wiki, it's like, like, it's just this long string of chords. You're like, what is the rhythm there? It's like, you really got to know you, how Yeah, the song you have to goes. really use your ears and get mm-hmm. that to feel that. Yeah, because some chords will have like a long gap after them, and the other ones are like real rapid succession. Dun, 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 dun. It's very sinister kind of yeah. uh, progression there. It is, yeah. Um, like plodding. Yeah. Yeah. Marching up and down the square. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> it's just very, very marchy. I mean, I think I said marching band earlier. Just, yeah. Yeah, this person has it again. I always take issue with the key right, that people. Me too. Play. I don't think there should even be a key no. listed because people always get it wrong. Or else it's it's more that the Johns write songs that are in such ambiguous. They either have a t- key changes or it's ambiguous because right. they write it as E major. But you listen to this the song; is, it does. Is, it sounds minor, yeah, right? This is uh, yeah, and, and I again, think, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I think that's why I was having trouble 
Because I did work on it a little bit. I was having trouble committing it to memory, and I think it was because yeah. it's just not... Even though when you listen to it, it seems to make perfect musical <laughs> sense. <laughs> when you're trying to play it, it's a different thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't tried to play it on guitar because, yeah, just when we briefly threw on the idea, I'm like, I'll be playing drums, no problem. Yeah, Wasn't for sure. really thinking about the progression. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean... Uh, the, with how fuzzy the guitars are, it is kind of hard to hear. Is that a major or a minor chord? Yeah. And I mean, if you're running through in power chords, you don't really need to care no, about. You don't have a third in there. Yeah. Right. So, like, they have E's listed and E minors listed, but like, if it's an E, then why are there A minor chords? That's all over what the I was thinking. Yes. Right? I was looking. And B flats. Yeah. 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 It's almost like it's got, it's almost got like a Pink Panther kind of bluesy scale to ah, it. Ah, yeah. Because that B flat, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it all depends. It's probably some mode. I'm not good with modes, but it's probably some mode. Linnell's really into that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, I know. That I always bring up that first one I discovered, and then someone keeps moving my chair. Uh, yeah. There are C's, yeah. There are D minors. Yeah. Okay, so what scale would be... Come on, let's figure this out. Between oh. two of us, we can figure this out. We might need to Google where the half steps are in these modes. So you've got... So I'm thinking you've got... Wait, are there any... Okay, there are G majors in this. At least according to... I'm debating those G majors. They may be G minors if there's yeah. a B flat. If there's a B flat in there. So is there a mode where the half step? There's a half step between the two and the three, like it's minor, and then a half step between the four and the five. Those half steps are really close together. Uh, between the two and the three, and the four and the five. I don't know. The book that would tell me is not in this room. Yeah, I know mine are, mine are upstairs. Who needs paper books? We oh, got Google. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. But that, you know, the books, you know, you're getting the right answer. And exactly. You're Google and you're like, is this website going to tell me what the I need to know? The old standby. Will, will blog.lander.com tell me correctly <laughs> about the modes? <laughs> That's the first thing that comes up when you Google musical modes. Uh, yeah. I know it's not... Dorian starts out minor, but the... Yeah, that has to be between the six and seven. You think as a music teacher, I would remember these, but then, you oh, like, I teach elementary music. Yeah. I don't use any of these. Don't feel bad. I have a hell of a time remembering them, too. I just... I don't know why. Do- Dorian is the one I remember because if you play D Dorian... It would just be D to D on the white keys. Yeah. And that shows you where the half steps are. But the other ones, I can't remember. Because all of them, basically, like, if you start on E and do all the white keys, that's one. I can't remember which one. That one's weird because the half step is right away. Yeah. The one between the first and second. And then, yeah, if you start on F and do all the white keys, start on G and do all the white keys. Right? You start on C and do all the white keys, you know, you got major. Major, yeah. A, all the white keys, you got minor. Aeolian and Ionian. Yeah, I don't know. If my internet were going faster than me, I could figure it out. But 
we could just abandon that for now, <laughs> like the container ship. Oh, that is exactly what I was just going to say. So let's listen to some people that actually did cover it for us. Heck yeah. Just for us. Uh, yeah, we'll play these both in full. They're the only ones that exist at the moment because they did it for the show. It's Carrie Hearn and Noah Daniels. Who should we play first? Dana, what do you think? Uh, Carrie. Okay. Yeah, Carrie Hearn um, was also on the Strings episode with you. You're a, f- a fellow a violinist. And um, I wish more of her covers contained violin. We're, you're going to hear some violin in this one. But she usually sticks to guitar, but I'm glad violin peeks in in this one. So let's go ahead and drop it in here. For everyone who's only just arrived, a quick synopsis. If you came late and missed the commotion, and were wondering what was all that, here's the Okay, you're asking how container ships were found abandoned in the desert sands, covered in snakes, and who composed the ransom note and taped it to the face of the equestrian monument. You'll get your answer. Questions that time will permit. I'm afraid we'll have to leave it right there. Be assured that there's nothing more that can be done. That's all the questions that time will permit. I'm afraid we'll have to leave it right there. Be assured that there's nothing more that can be done. What'd you think about uh, that violin shredding? Oh, man, that was good. Because, it, uh, like I said, I thought that's what it was the first time I heard it. And I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to learn that son of a bitchin' thing. And I haven't, of course. But uh, now I have heard it, and it is awesome. I bet and- Carrie notated it. She could send it to you so you can, <laughs> so you can go ahead and shred along. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Knowing Carrie, she yeah. probably notated it. And yet. her cover is amazing. It's very haunting. Mm, mm-hmm. It's very. 
the way she enunciated different ways in certain parts, uh-huh. it just really set the mood. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the haunting nature comes from her singing at the lowest end of her register. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, we talked about this, and she doesn't change the key. And, yeah, she was joking. We were messaging a lot back when she was sending me talking to me about doing the cover. She's like, oh, what do I need to have it to you by? I still got to practice violin part. I'm only at like half speed. Uh, so she, <laughs> uh, I, I even at a time teased her. I said, hey, if the Beatles could do tape speed stuff, like in my life, that little harpsichord solo, that was recorded at half speed. Yeah. And they revved it up. I'm like, it might sound wacky and cool. If you yeah. want to send me a slow version, I'll warp it to the tempo for you. Um, but she went ahead and kept practicing it and she got it. Uh, she said, it was like 50 ticks. I said, that's like Phil Spector gun to your head amount of ticks. (laughs) (laughs) You will keep keep going. More takes. Um, but I think the haunting thing is cause, cause she was like, I'm really, I'm, I'm harnessing my tenor on this one. Cause yeah, I mean, both the, both the Johns are. Tenors, Flans loves doing his falsetto stuff, but they're, I mean, they're both would be classified as tenors for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, you really hear on that, um, doodly do 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 doodly yeah. do do do, like you got on that, that, yeah. that do there. Like, she, I can tell she could had trouble just barely getting it out because it's so low. Yeah. I mean, for a female voice, I mean, she's an alto, but like, that is really, really yeah, low. It's hard to sing some of their songs for for me I, yeah. anyway with my range even though i feel like i have a big one it's just not comfortable and i have Do you to, ever pop it up in octave yeah oh i i octave skip i go back and yeah. forth i figure them all out how i can sing them and then sometimes i just do a harmony so i can sure yeah. you know but um yeah i mean it's a little low i'll just get a third up yeah exactly so but yeah i mean their songs some of them sound so um simple isn't the word I'm looking for, but accessible maybe. But then mm. you try and sing them and you're like, oh, going to have to work on that one. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I still stand by, I think the hardest, they might be giant song to sing. At least, I mean, that I guess I've I've really, I mean, I've I've pretty much learned how to sing every They Might Be Giant, every main album yeah. They Might Be Giant song <laughs> for sure. But doing with the with the exquisite dead guys covering uh, climbing the walls, that song, like especially like there's these jumps that are like octave seventh octave, mm-hmm. like these crazy big jumps um, that I really had to work at, and especially I'm playing keyboard at the same time oh, for yeah. that one. But it was so fun. But like if you sing along with that one, you'll notice there's a couple spots in particular where there's these huge jumps. Um, it's so fun to sing though when you when you get when you nail it, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. song. So good. I still haven't done that episode yet, but I I yeah, I should get that one on there. We did a well, I did a lot of else episodes last calendar year, but I think it's about time to get some going again. <laughs> uh, so should we listen to um, Noah's? Yeah. All right. No, Daniel, he has provided a lot of book covers. God bless him, because come on, everybody else. Hey, fandom, let's hear some more book <laughs> covers. It's been out for like five months already. Why are you so lazy? Right. 
cover these songs. Uh, yeah, let's check it out. For everyone who only just arrived, a quick synopsis. If you came late and missed the commotion, and you wonder what was all that, here's the recap. Sounds of gathering and shuffling of notes. I assure you there's a very simple explanation. If you'd only be patient. Okay, you're asking how container ships were found abandoned in the desert sands, covered in snakes. And who composed the ransom note and taped it to the face of the equestrian monument? You get your answer all in due time. By now you must be wandering about the plaintive moaning emanating from the forest of evening. I know the question that is foremost in your thoughts. Who ate the babies? Who ate the babies? That's all the questions that tumble permit. I'm afraid we'll have to leave it right there. Be assured that there's nothing more that can be done. That's all the questions that tumble permit. I'm afraid we'll have to leave it right there. Be assured that there's nothing more that can be done. Doodly 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 So what do you think of Noah's? I love the accordion in there. Oh, yeah. Of course. His voice reminds me of Linnell's a little bit. Like maybe mm. a really young uh, Linnell. I don't know Noah, mm-hmm. so I don't know. <laughs> but um, I heard his voice and I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, it just it really <laughs> suited, you know, what was what was happening. And it's so different from Carrie's, which was which is really cool because when you can hear yeah. a song several different ways and they all sound amazing, but they're they all have a different their own different feel. That's I think that's really cool. Yeah, Carrie's coming from the, you know, she came up doing choral stuff too, right. and uh, she puts even even when she's singing a pop song like they might be giant stuff, she still puts that vibrato on it. Whereas yeah, Noah, very I think operatic would, and beautiful, right. and yes, right, and yeah, the you mentioned the enunciation. I didn't touch on that again. Yeah, because those choir singers, you know, it's that's the stuff mm-hmm. you focus on, right? It you takes a really... long time to unlearn that. I'm still unlearning <laughs> from my high school and college days. I know and then if the, if you really want to bug a choir person, you get the um the the chew in there. You know what I'm talking about where ah, you say what like instead of what saying you what want. what you yeah, yeah, what, what you, you want. want. Tell me what you want, what you really really want. The what, <laughs> get you. what? <laughs> There is no word watch. 
<laughs> what chew? Chew? What chew? What is it? Yeah, but no one even thinks twice about it because it's such a common like mashing of of words. Yeah, not Elemental. enunciated. Yeah, it's <laughs> right uh, in the in the pop style. But yeah, Noah, I'm sure would fancy himself more of an instrumentalist than a singer and sings with a more um, it's kind of you know every man every German man style. <laughs> the, the lay persons. Yeah. Yeah, you know the pop. Yeah, a pop voice, and he is just such a. Um, He's kind of a soft-spoken guy. Like he's just very. Noah is just like always so fun to talk to. He's he's such a nice guy. He's always very got a very positive outlook, and and he he's yeah he's kind of a soft-spoken guy. And his and that kind of comes through in his vocals. Like I haven't heard him do like a punk take on anything, but like he he's always just very. It's a very kind of calming kind of voice. Soothing. Yeah. 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 Um, and you got to hear his cover on the I Broke My Own Rule episode as well. Okay. <laughs> because he, uh, he does change the key of that one. He puts it into G uh, because he wanted it to be lower for all those like climbs up that it does. Yeah. But then it gets to the float into the emptiness and like whatever the... <laughs> Like landing on a G, like the G lower, right, then, he gets yeah. to it and like he's like, uh, and then he just starts <laughs> laughing. He he just starts <laughs> laughing and he kept it in there. I'm like, that's perfect. Because <laughs> he got through, he's like, oh shit. <laughs> I didn't think about that last note. <laughs> yeah, I love his cover though, and I love how he's always throwing accordion into They Might Be Giant songs that don't have accordion because right, the, yeah, accordion is severely lacking. From the Mike Giant stuff of the last like mm-hmm. five six years, surely is. Yeah, so him him and Daryl are kind of throwing accordion back into all these songs with their covers. Yeah, and I should do more. It's funny, I've rarely played accordion on They Might Be Giants covers. I played them on live covers. Yeah, but for when sure. I'm recording something, I usually want it to go the other direction. Mm-hmm. But really, if Linnell's got some synth thing going on, you could change it back. You could do like a classic They Might Be Giants style cover. Of a modern They Might Be Giants yeah. song. That might be fun. I should do that sometime. Do a little like rinky-dink 80s sounding drum machine. Some synth bass. Awesome. Some accordion. Sure. Maybe that should be my next take on uh, They Might Be Giants song. I uh, wish I had an accordion. I got two. You, you can't have one. The other <laughs> oh, one's my no. grandpa's. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. My accordion can finally come home, actually, after tomorrow. I have my second of my They Might Be Giants programs tomorrow. So my accordion's been going back and forth between my schools and hasn't been home for a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Noah and Carrie, thank you so much uh, for um, doing those for us. Yes, and kick-ass job. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think I will make this announcement as well as that Jeopardy announcement. Uh, this will come out in a couple weeks. We'll be getting close to May. I decided at the last minute to do one more fundraiser for Garrett that because uh, he's almost done with his chemo treatment. Because all of my friends have been doing all these book covers for me. I had been collecting them in an iTunes album that I was calling This Might Book a Podcast. And I was like, shit, we got almost every song covered here because people were covering them in advance for me because I told them, oh, I got, you know, Darling the Dose coming up and Noah already gave me one of those. Uh, and I'm like, shit, we got almost everything here. I'm like, you guys want to slap together a book tribute and put it out on the next Bandcamp Friday, which is May 6th? 
So on May 6th, when Bandcamp waives their fees, there will be a covers album that is it's chock full of Noah, but it's also got me on a few. <laughs> Kai Pfeiffer's jumping in. Daryl's in there. Oh, Carrie's on a few. Um, and so we didn't get to this synopsis for this one. <clears throat> but if you want to do a book song for this little thing I'm doing, it doesn't have to be <clears throat> like it's somewhere between purple toupee and like uh, they might be shit posting. <laughs> <laughs> so like somewhere in between. And I got Ed Columchian on it, too. He did a um, less than one cover for me already because it just came together very quickly. I was like, I was just like on the last band camp Friday just a week ago. I was like, yeah, we got like maybe we should just throw something together because we already got all these tracks. So it was yeah. just like a couple songs we needed. Um and and I'm allowing doubles because there's already there were already a bunch like this one, yeah. Um, so if you wanted to do one, all right, uh, that would be available to you. But like I said, it wouldn't have to be full like Rat Patrol spending <laughs> hours and hours on it. It could just be. Hey, you that know, came out just, nicely though. That I love. Oh, it came that, out great. Like, but I know you spent a lot of time yeah. on it, and this would be three weeks from now. So, <clears throat> okay. yeah, I'll, 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 I'll forward it. you the information yeah, on that. Yeah, I'll, uh, um, I'll, I'll leave that open Play through some you. stuff and see, and if nothing comes of it, I'm fine, too. I, uh, yeah, because I think we've got every song claimed at least once at this point, so if there's one you want to do a take on it for a double, um, I think at least half of the songs will be doubled. And I think one of them, Broke My Own Rules, tripled. <laughs> 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 yeah, That's me, okay. Noah, and Daryl, yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, I think it's time to score this song. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that aspect. Ah, come on. You've had to, you've three of the episodes you've been on. Oh, I know. Them. Oh, we scored all the House of Mayors, didn't we? That was a lot of scoring. Did we score all we of them? We scored every single one. Boy. Mm-hmm. Poor preamble. Yeah. <laughs> Poor David Dinkins. <laughs> hey, David Dinkins is good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, um, <laughs> it's such a weird release. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? What are you giving it? Ooh. Um. Dun, 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 this is hard. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I can look at all my scores for every episode, but just thinking about this stuff on book that i've ranked so far so let's see the stuff that's aired i gave part of you wants to believe me a seven can't remember the dream 7.8 i lost thursday 6.3 if day for winnipeg i gave a nine i broke my own rule a 9.5 dang that's my favorite song on the album i don't know if there's a perfect 10 i think brontosaurus is right around a 9.5 too but i but i haven't done that yet I'm not I'm not scoring it until I talk to my guests and record the episode whenever yeah. that may be. But I think this one it oh, it's such a great opener, really breaking breaking the mold for their openers. I'm going I'm going eight. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Do you have anything to plug other than people should buy Purple Toupee and listen to Dana's Rap Patrol cover? You got anything else you want to tell the peoples? Um When's this episode come out? Yeah, I think it'll be two weeks from today. Okay. Well, yeah, because we've got Yeah Yeah is going to come out and then this. If, uh, let's see. Yeah, if anybody is near Terre Haute, Indiana, 
There's a Terre Haute Sinfonietta concert on April 24th at St. Mary of the Woods College. Hey, there you go. There you go. Oh, actually, I wanted to ask you a Terre Haute question because my fourth graders, well, just today, and I'm doing it at the other school tomorrow, are singing Indiana History Program. Oh, cool. Paul, Paul Dresser, who wrote the state song on the banks of the Wabash far away, was born in Terre Haute. Mm-hmm. Is there a statue of him there? Uh, I feel like I heard someone say there was. There might be. A statue of a large man. <laughs> he was quite large. Um. I'm double checking because there are a lot of a lot of statues because we have so many college campuses. Um, right. Who knows? You know, uh, I can't keep track of all of them. That's for sure. I mean, I went to um, ISU and I didn't even see them all until I started to, going back to just take a walk, and then yeah. I realized there's a lot of cool stuff on this campus. I was too stressed out to notice. When I was going to school. Right, you're just racing the class. Yeah. 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 Um, This makes sense. There Um, is, and it's like a... um, Let me find a good picture of it, and I'll hold it up. It's kind of amazing, but it's not what you would think. Can you see it? Oh, so it's artsy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be the Wabash coming through, right? Yeah. So his head, his bust is like in the banks of the Wabash. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, oh, I gotta has, go see that sometime. This picture has you can see music notes carved on it. Oh, I'll have to come visit you and we can go check it out. Yeah, <laughs> I've been thinking about coming up there anyway because um, Michael, yeah? Michael Kelsey plays there a lot, uh-huh, every other yep. week at least, and I haven't seen him in years, and he's a good friend of mine. And uh, I was thinking, do I have a reason to go up there for a show? <gasps> Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, one one of my former students performed with him at the uh, Taste of Tippecanoe. Oh, awesome! When she was when she was only thirteen, she went on stage with him for her song. That's awesome. Yeah, he's really yeah. good about um, inviting people to make make yeah. sounds with him. Yeah, he's yeah. really fun. I don't, I don't really know him, but uh, yeah, my student and his parents knew him. Um, yeah, it was a fun show. Yeah, definitely. We sh- we we need more hangs. It's been a while since yeah. we've seen each other. And in I person. need to see those babies. Yeah, yeah. Because last time you were here, Zinnia was tiny. She yeah, yeah. yeah. There was no. She was probably she was probably younger than one. Yeah, she wasn't. She yeah, she definitely wasn't a year. Yeah, I don't know how no, old she's she three was, and a half. Yeah, and so it's uh, been a while. I gotta see those chewy cheekers. yeah ramona i mean she's her face is the exact same shape as zinnia's was like pictures of zinnia will pop up in facebook memories and i'll show them to her i'll show them to zinnia and say hey who's that she'll be like ramona no it's you (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah all right so people can find this might be a podcast all over the place uh like i always forget to say go and rate the show and subscribe and all those things and yeah write a review i haven't had a review in a little bit on the itunes i mean i know we got a lot of people listening on i the apple podcast i guess what they call it now um but people don't think about writing a review put a couple sentences in there i think it helps the algorithms when people are looking for the show and leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930 that number again 224-801-2930 you may cancel your subscription at any time but please don't dana's good to talk to you again yeah. get another solo ep 
were that was I think that was a good synopsis of this song. What do you think? <laughs> it was a good synopsis <laughs> of the synopsis for sure. Yeah. <laughs>